Hey everybody, welcome to the Reference Frame podcast. Uh, my guest today is going to be Ulysses Montoya. He is a runner, he's a fitness instructor, he is a motivation expert, he wakes up at four in the morning, and he just got engaged. Oh, he also, he's an actor. What's up, man? What's up, dude? Uh, congratulations, by the way, on your engagement. Thanks, man. And Super exciting. Yeah. And also your co-star role in Better Call Saul. Yeah, most recent, most that's, recent work. That's awesome. Sure. That's awesome. So uh, you are a marathon runner, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So talk to me about that. Talk to me about. You said that you went to the Boston Marathon for the first time, mm-hmm. and uh, how was that experience going there? The experience as a whole, amazing. I mean, just being around so many runners and just the energy that's there mm-hmm. is, you know, I've never felt that kind of energy for any race. And, you know, I ran Division One track at, at the university level and, and making that transition to running the marathon and getting into such a prestigious race and knowing the history behind it all and, and, and how many people strive to run that race. Um, you know, the feeling's just insane. Right. The, en- the energy is just insane. And then, you know, going to a baseball game there in Boston mm-hmm. and just so much history there. Yeah. Um, it's nuts, you know. What is your motivation to keep doing that? Is there is there a motivation or... Yeah, the fact that running has done so much for my life. Um, if it wasn't for running and kind of the people that guided me to stick to it. Um, and nurture me and allow me to grow as a runner. If it wasn't for that, man, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in right now. Um, who knows if I would have even gone to college if it wasn't for running. So just the respect that I have for the sport so much is kind of what keeps me at it and continuing to do it. Yeah. And because I'm good at it, you know? So it's like I'm not going to take that for granted. Right. Know? So when did you start running marathons? Marathons was maybe a year or two after I graduated college. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was a middle distance guy, half mile miler in, in college. Um, so to make the transition to 26.2 was definitely, you know, challenging in its own aspect, um, especially to do it alone because I'd been used to doing it with a team and training with a team and, you know, working out with a group. Um, but making that transition to learning how to run by yourself um, you know, I had my fiance, you know, she, she was getting into running at the same time. She was a softball player, but having her there as well for us to kind of go out and go train and go run definitely helped. Um, but yeah, that's probably the hardest part was making that transition to getting used to the distance. Mm. The whole aspect of, of it, just like the training coming. I mean, of course, nobody likes the training part, you know, it's like homework, but you got to do it, right? Yeah. You got to do the training. So that whole transitions into your your fitness instructor um, job, mm-hmm. where not only do you teach people how to take care of their body better, but you're also kind of a guiding figure. Where have they ever, um, you know, approached you about you, you running marathons? Do they know your clients? Or? Yeah, definitely. They yeah. they know. They know what my expertise is in. And, okay. you know, we That's do good. strength training as well. But uh, definitely those that are interested in running their first race, 5K or whatever, 5K to marathon, they definitely love to, you know, 
use my knowledge to their, you know, I don't want to say use my knowledge, but approach me so mm-hmm. that I can feed into them. Yeah. Um, and help nurture their running uh, potential and their running goals. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And so now, you know, during this whole pandemic, um, first of all, you moved to LA about a year ago mm-hmm. to further pursue your acting career. Yep. Okay. And you somehow transferred the job that you were doing in Houston, the same job now you're doing in LA. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's gotta be like one of the, the best things ever. Definitely. I mean, but know, it was a six month process. It was a six month yeah, process. I yeah. I mean, I went yeah. in October and I met with the guy who's in charge of hiring. So you traveled to LA. Mm-hmm. October. In October. Okay. I reached out to the guy on Instagram. Oh. Told okay. him who I was. Told him that I work at this location here in Houston. Yeah. And was that location open already or not yet? It was, uh, well, they had studios, but they were planning on opening one in January. Oh, right. Yeah. In Burbank. You- in Burbank. In correct. Burbank. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I went. I still had to go through all the training and everything. Um, but it was October. They said, you know, we're looking open in January. January got pushed to February, February Mm. to March, March to April. And then so they finally opened in April and March is when I was doing all the training. And and so thankfully, it bought me some time to kind of save some money and to really get situated. I mean, if if they were going to open in January, I was going to make the jump, you know, in those two months and like go regardless because the work was there. Yeah, of course. Um, course. But the fact that they kept pushing it back, which makes sense. I mean, they're opening a brand new studio. It takes time to get everything that they need to get ready. Um, that extra time, those extra three months, mm-hmm. four months, because it was the end of April, definitely came in handy for me to kind of really prepare Yeah, and, um, you know, get everything ready to make the leap. Right. Okay, so you're in L.A., and you've been there for a year now, right? Yep. About a year. Yep. Okay, and then this pandemic hit, and you got furloughed, you moved back, well, not moved back, but you came to Houston mm-hmm. uh, for a short amount of time. Uh, your dog is still in L.A. Mm-hmm. Your car is still in L.A. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just got to be kind of, uh, it's like losing your phone, I think. You know, you're like, yeah, for sure. You lose your phone and you're like, oh, I have so much shit on that phone. I don't even know anybody's number anymore. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um yeah, it's a it's a scary feeling for sure. Yeah. Um I initially came by plane. If I would have known all this was was going to happen, I would have driven back with my dog. And kind of the benefit of that would I would have been able to take more things that I had to leave behind here with me back to LA, but you know, I flew here with the intention of being here for I think it was a little over a week. You know, I came to celebrate my fian- now fiance's birthday. We got engaged during that week and I was going to fly back. She was going to come back with me. Um, to be with me for a month out there until she started school. But then I got furloughed, and so I decided to stay. And thankfully, I have a really good friend staying in my apartment and taking care of my dog nice. and, and all of that. Nice. So this definitely helped. Yeah. So now you're mentioning to me that your car got broken into. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's just got to feel weird. I mean, yeah, your man. heart just got to drop a little bit. Yeah. Because especially because, you know, I mean that's 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 your car. It's it's you know you can't you can't go to work if you don't have a car, especially mm-hmm. in L.A. Yeah, right. Um, Thankfully, now uh-huh. I live biking distance from where I work. Oh, that's good. So you know that definitely helps. But you're right. You do need a car for a lot of yeah what you want to do in L.A. Yeah. 
And um, so talk to me when you first heard the news about your car. Yeah, so I had just finished coaching an Instagram Live class for okay. the Orange Theory app, uh, or for our Instagram right. channel. Um, and my buddy called me during the workout. I had to decline his call because I was coaching. Um, called him after, and he's like, dude, they broke into your car. And so my mind immediately starts racing. You know, mm. did they break the window? Am I going to have to go through insurance? Blah, blah, Man. blah. He was like, no, I think they knew what they were doing yeah. because it looks like they just kind of got in through a crack and were able to lock, unlock it from the inside. Um, so there's no harm done to the car at all. No, I mean you see like a little lip open on kind of where they got in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's no harm. So the what car, valuables did they steal? They stole his jacket and his AirPods. Mm. I don't keep anything in my car. And then with me, especially with me having known that I was going to travel back to Texas, I take everything out. Yeah. Um, they took all of the paperwork from my glove compartment for some reason, which kind of worries me, but I didn't wow. have anything really of importance in there. And they just made a mess yeah. with all of everything junk that I had in my center console. Like um, I was telling you earlier, like I, I lose, I lose shit easily. Like, you know, my, my wireless headphones, I can't find them. I don't know when the last, <laughs> and I'm trying to remember the last place I put them, but I still can't remember. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, so just to lose AirPods, I mean, those are those are pretty expensive. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, my, my wireless, uh, the Jaybird Vistas were they were they were fairly expensive, but not as as expensive as AirPods, of mm-hmm. course. And also, you know, like I told you before, my Ray Bans, I just got them. I dropped mm-hmm. them already on my way to work because <laughs> I was little. I didn't want to be late. I yeah. wanted to be 15 minutes early. So I was rushing out the door, and then I dropped the glasses, and oh. you know, have those little white dots. Oh yeah scratches yeah yeah. so uh yeah man it's just an invasion of privacy you know yeah you know it sucks especially when it happens when you're not there yeah like if if you're there it'll make you feel better because you can actually go check on your on your car Mm -hmm. but it just feels weird when you're not there you know yeah and so my mind was racing like course am i even safe in that complex yeah because then you think because then you think about your dog too is my is my dog safe in that complex is my buddy safe in that complex how am i gonna but i mean but you know it and they found him on camera they ended up being oh they found her on camera yeah they found him yeah it was like 2 40 in the morning they didn't find him but they saw him on camera okay you know and he just hopped Mm. the fence and they just think he targeted my car because it was closest to the exit and all of that but yeah you know, I, I, you know, all that stuff is insured. You have car insurance for a reason. You have renter's insurance for a reason. If they get into your apartment, whatever. Um, at the end of the day, it's material things. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Yeah. What? Not much you can do. So, let me talk to you about Better Call Saul. Um, now, you land Better Call Saul after you moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. By your Houston agent. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of weird, right? Yeah. Because you're going to L.A., you have these expectations, and then you hear from your agent that you booked a job through yeah, them. Through them, yeah. So um, what did you do? Did you have to fly strictly, I mean, directly to New Mexico, or did you have to go to Houston first? Yeah, they were only going to fly me in from Houston. Oh, yeah, okay. Since I booked it through yeah. my Houston agent, which mm-hmm. sucked. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you you go for the experience. Of course. And, you know, you're going to end up getting paid more than what it costs to travel to Houston. Because yeah. they travel, they cover your travel from Houston to New Mexico and all of that. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, man, it, it, it was fine. I got to go twice. Mm-hmm. You know, work is flexible enough to where I was able to do that. You know, get my classes covered and whatnot. 
Um, I had someone to take care of my dog the times that I left. Is it the same person taking care of your I dog I have now? two friends that are, you know, a lot of times they're willing to take care of my dog. Either I, draw, I take him to them or they just stay in my place. I can't um, even find them. one in but, Houston. And you found two in L.A. Yeah, you know, they're from Houston. They're friends from okay, Houston okay. that, you know, you just got to have each other's back when yeah. you're out there. Each other's backs when you're out there. Are they doing the same thing over there? Pursuing they are, acting? Yeah, yeah they're, they're pursuing acting. One guy's uh, definitely a big character actor. He works for the Murder Mystery Company out there he started mm. we met here with the murder mystery company and mm. it's called american immersion theater now and nice. he was able to transfer to their troop in la which oh. they don't do often but he was really good um so he's doing that he also works at six flags and mm. you know he does a lot of character acting as his work you know his yeah full-time right income comes yeah. from acting or entertainment right you know from one aspect or another while he's trying to pursue you know getting a representation and doing right. all of that uh whereas me is like my income comes from the fitness which is a passion of mine but that feeds into my passion of acting mm-hmm. and pursuing that all the way basically yeah you know full-fledged of course of course uh your episode, episode 10 mm-hmm. of season five mm-hmm. of Better Call Saul, ep- the season, season finale. Yeah. Uh, how was that working on, uh, and tell me about like the explosions or any kind of, you know, stunt work that you did. And Yeah, man, it was my first time having a stunt double, which was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a dude that, he's from Hawaii. He's from Hawaii. Oh, wow. Yeah, he kind of lives between Hawaii and, and Atlanta, but he's a stunt guy. And... Um, you know, they just had to make them a few shades darker, but okay. You know, for the most part, we looked alike. Okay. Um, super cool, dude. There wasn't many stunts. You know, it, it was just because there was explosions, and you know, they load up like cork on the ceiling and mm. things like that. Yeah. With you know charges that explode the cork and kind of goes flying everywhere yeah. with smoke, and you know they have their ways. Um, the coolest thing was me being able to say, "Hey, no, he, yeah, I'm cool being in there." like in the trenches when all of that's going on. Um, I do get, spoiler alert, get shot from behind. Mm. And, you know, and so the coolest thing was they put something on my back, like a little charge on my back, so that I could react with the timing of them pulling the trigger and shooting me. So you just so feel weird. like, yeah, you feel that pop in your back. So like, yeah. you literally feel like you got shot. And so you're able to really be in that scene and in the moment um, when you're shooting things like that, which mm. is really cool. I always wondered how they got that right the timing yeah man well, that makes sense yeah, yeah they just play something on you where you get shot mm-hmm. so you had to deal with like guns or anything on, on yeah set? yeah so i had a gun um on me just yeah. pretty much around my shoulder yeah because i played like the nephew of the antagonist of the season okay uh and he was one of what the was Salamancas. your character's name my name was cedal cedal yeah c-i-r-o c yeah and so, like, the main antagonist of the season, his name is Lalo Salamanca, played by Tony mm-hmm. Dalton. He's a nice. Mexican actor. Okay. Um, and if you remember back from Breaking Bad, the Salamanca, you know, mm-hmm. the, the cartel, basically. Yeah. And um, so I play his nephew, and, you know, he's kind of like the lead guy, kind of bosses his nephew around, you know? Mm. He's like, you know. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm up and coming or, or and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, man, so... Okay. Definitely a great experience being on set for sure. You can't beat being on a set that big. Right. Yeah. So w- w- when they introduced the guns out to the set, 
because um, in Marvel's uh, Cloak and Dagger, where I played uh, the gang leader, nice. They brought out the gun and they, you know, they showed me like that it was an empty chamber and you know there was no bullets and everything like that. So they were just taking all these safety precautions. They're like, see, look, it's unloaded. <laughs> yeah, they have to. Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely a safety measure, and, and of course uh, they did that for me also mm-hmm. for the gun that I had. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the guns that everyone else was using, you know, it's just they shoot blanks or yeah, you know, or nothing. Oh, um, so tell me about your like your 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 morning kind of routine when you wake up and you know when you were doing these classes, you were waking up at like four in the morning. Yeah, first class is at five. So if yeah. I'm coaching the first class, I'm up at four four ten. Mm. Um, I get my stuff ready. Yeah, thankfully, I can bike to work now. Yeah. Um, but before, you know, I'd have to be up yeah. earlier, 345. Right. So I can get everything ready and get going. Um, do you like it when you wake up that early? I do because I get a lot done. Okay. Um, I mean, what time do you have to go to bed, though, to wake up at? I mean, I go to bed 10 or 11, oh. which is still late. Yeah, that's know? pretty, yeah. But f- for having to wake up that early. But it's just my body. And, you know, if I have to take a nap, I'll take a nap. But if I have a lot to do. I just have to keep doing it back to back to back because if I kind of settle down after waking up so early, I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to fall asleep, which is yeah. not bad. You know, you just really got to listen to your body. Um, but you definitely do get a lot done waking up early. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that because um, whenever I wake up late, I, I always hate it because yeah, I feel like the, the rest of the day is gone, especially when you look out the window and, you know, you hear children playing. You're yeah. like, oh, that's already too late. It's already uh-huh. too late, which... Like in my apartment complex, there's just like so many children, man. And I don't know. It's just, and then there's teenagers here too. And it makes me reflect on when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. not a teenager per se, but whenever I was in my like 22, or, you know, early 20s living on my own, mm-hmm. I would just always party. And that's what they were doing. You know, they're yeah. always just partying. And, you know, in my mind, I was like, I want to call the cops, but I really don't because, you know, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Cause, Cause you, cause you were there, man. Cause I was there. Point, you know? And somebody called the cops on me oh, and, and my yeah. friends, you know. Oh, well, but, yeah. And and we always hated that person, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that because I know what it feels like. Yeah. You know, when you get yeah. older, you're more mature, and you're just you. You realize, you know, like for instance, I don't go to clubs anymore, right? Mm-hmm. When they're open, and they're gonna open soon, but. You know, I just go to bars because I go to clubs and I just see all these eighteen-year-olds and I'm just like, dude, I feel so old. I haven't, and gone I don't want to be yeah. that guy because of that. Yeah, I haven't, yeah. Not, I haven't gone to any. You know, like the last time I went to a club, dude, it was um, it was Rich's when it was Limelight here uh-huh. in Houston. I think it's closed down. Yeah, or, I think so. I'm not sure, but anyways, um, and then I remember this guy approached me and he was just like, hey, hey, do you mind buying me a drink? Oh, I was like, and then no. he just gave me cash, and I was just like. All right, I'll do it. Oh, nice. So I did it. But after that, I was just like, I'm never coming here again. Yeah. <laughs> it no. was just weird, man. Like, all the girls are just young. And, uh, yeah, I no don't business know. there, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so, so what do you, um, when are you planning to go back to California? And, and actually, let me ask you this for somebody, for instance, that's aspiring actor and mm-hmm. they want to go to California or New York, um, I don't know about New York, but let's talk California, for instance. They want to go to California to further pursue their career. Do you think it's still a good idea to go um, maybe next year? Or, you know, do you think it's a good idea to go this year or just, you know, like wait for some stuff to settle down? Do you think it'll it'll get back to normal soon? Or how do you feel yeah, about that? I definitely think 
LA is going to take a little longer to get back to normal. Um, just because of how it's looking right now, LA County anyways, like LA proper. Um, but if someone's wanting to go out there, the main thing is like, be ready to get out there and just have to focus on getting settled. Mm -hmm. Um, not only that, but if you're going like for acting, like I made sure I went out with kind of my resume semi built up, you know, I had already booked a few co-stars. I already had a good footage on my reel from Rich Kids, and I had already just worked with Robert Rodriguez. and So nice. I had things in my arsenal to present to people because you are a business. you got to present. Your, you got to bring what you offer to mm -hmm. the table yeah. and want to work with someone right. in conjunction with someone. So I wanted to make sure I had that in my arsenal before moving there, which I would recommend for any actor going. Um but if you feel like you got to get out there, then definitely be ready to just get settled the first few months. You know, my first two or three months, like my acting was nowhere on my radar. I had to get there and I had to get settled. Of course. Uh, I didn't have a refrigerator for the first two months. All I had was a cooler. I was buying ice every other day. That's so weird. When you told me that about yeah. the refrigerator thing, it's like, um, so did you didn't know either? Or you did know? That I wasn't gonna have a refrigerator. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I knew. Oh, you knew before, okay. but it's because my friend that lived there, he's like, "Yeah, be ready to have to yeah. buy an appliance because a lot of apartments don't come with some of the major appliances. <laughs> so That's some weird. of them won't have a microwave, or some of them won't have like an oven. Or in well, my I've case. heard of I've heard of like no microwaves and no dishwashers. Yeah. And maybe no ovens, but never no fridge. Yeah, I know. Especially in an apartment yeah, complex. Yeah, I know. That's, Neither that's had so I. weird. Yeah. And so, like, what do they expect you to do? Just buy fast food every day? I or don't know, man. But you know, it took two months before I was able to financially afford to get a fridge. And that's good. You know. Yeah, that's good. We just kind of went from there. But leading into that, I mean, it was it was probably the toughest two months because yeah. you know I went with about four thousand dollars saved, but that that was gone in the first month. Really? You know, four thousand? Yeah, pretty much. Four thousand. It was gone within it was the gone. first month. Pretty much, yeah. Because you spend you spend on gas driving there, and I, I did it in three days. I didn't want to drive straight. I did it in three days. I took advantage of the trip. Yeah, I went to see the Grand Canyon. I stopped in Albuquerque to check out New Mexico. Um, we went to Vegas. You know, and we didn't even spend money in Vegas. I went with my fiance. She and then she just flew back. Um, but so that took money. You know, Airbnb staying yeah. those nights, yeah. gas. Yeah. Um, the I, I got a week of an Airbnb to find a place to live. Um, that definitely took money. And then you got your first months and your security deposit, which takes the majority of that money. You know, and if you want to live alone, now if you if you're okay having roommates, that's definitely going to help financially. Yeah. But me personally, coming with a dog, with a dog, wanna, especially. yeah, I don't want to inconvenience anybody. Yeah, you know, so I was yeah. like, I'm just gonna get my own place, and it's mm -hmm. a studio, and it's it's yeah. everything that I need, you know. Yeah, I think traveling. I mean, traveling to California and getting established is is hard as it is. Yeah. But then having a pet is even harder. Yeah. And that's and that's one thing I struggle with, and that's why, like, I look up to you whenever I I think to my mind I want to go to California because you you moved out there out there with a dog. Now my dog is a pit bull, so. Not a lot harder. of places, a lot. So it's yeah. gonna be even harder. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had a beagle. And, yeah, but yeah, but pit bulls, it's it's hard. It's it is. But I see a lot of people walking pit bulls, so I know there's a way. There is a way. Yeah. There, the emotional support animal way, yeah. which it's. But even at that, it's 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 up to the. It's up to the complex. The complexes, to decide. Yeah. Especially, uh, yeah, and that's that's why I was telling my father like, hey, I want to move in now because I want to get the jump 
you know, ahead of everybody. Because everybody's going to wait till it's everything settles down and then they're going to move. Yeah. Because a lot of people moved out of mm-hmm. California when this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's 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 a little weird. It's a little confusing. Yeah, trust your gut, man. Um, ultimately, you know, it was a six-month process for me to move out there. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a jump. It's a leap. It's a you leap. Gotta, you got to trust yourself and you got to trust that you're going to be able to power through. And, you know, if worse comes to worse, you just come back to Houston where your family is, you know? Yeah. But, see, I don't want to have that in the back of my mind. Yeah. Because I don't want to have a backup plan. Because yeah. you, you'll – or a fall plan fall back yeah because you yeah, will yeah. fall back to that plan mm-hmm. is what i've heard from people talking yeah you know what i, I mean? mean yeah but you know i was i was confident that i was gonna be okay out there mm-hmm. but knowing that you know i'm not gonna be homeless right i'll just drive back home before yeah. i end up on the i street, mean there's so many know? ways you can handle it yeah and it is a marathon yeah for sure so, which you have done so yeah you're so you're like, capable it's of, a lot of things that you learn from yeah yeah well, man, uh, thank you so much for coming in today. This is the second take that we just did. Uh, the first one didn't go as planned because the audio, but now I got the audio working. And uh, third episode going to be out. We'll do the fourth episode next. But yeah, man, Ulysses Montoya, actor, fitness trainer, engaged person. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, have a good one. See ya. Later, peoples. Uh, We'll see you in the next episode, episode four of the Reference Frame podcast. Peace. Hit record. That should be the name of your podcast. Hit record. If it's not already taken.